Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Alexis Hasselberger about time management, productivity, and relieving and reducing stress in the workplace. Alexis Hasselberger, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, we, we got connected a while back, and I've been looking forward to having the chance uh, to chat with you and have this discussion uh, about uh, effective organizations, productivity, time management, those sorts of issues um, within organizations. And I know you do a lot of um, coaching work along those lines. So. Uh, so I look forward to your insights. As we get started today, I want to just quickly share your bio with listeners. Alexis Hasselberger is a time management and productivity coach who helps people to do more and stress less through coaching, workshops, and online courses. Her pragmatic yet fun approach helps people easily integrate practical, realistic strategies into their lives so that they can do more of what they want and less of what they don't. Alexis has taught thousands of individuals to take control of their time, uh, their to-do lists and their and their overwhelming elements and her clients include Google, Lyft, uh, Workday, Capital One, Upwork, and many more. And um, you can definitely get connected with her at her website or on LinkedIn. Um, so, Alexis, anything that you would like to add as we dive on in? Yeah, I mean, I think you you said it in the bio, but yeah, I work with people and with teams to help them figure out what they really want to do because we can't do everything, right? And I think, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, somehow I'm going to figure out how to do everything that's on my list. And really, it's much more about prioritizing so that we know that every day we did the things that were more important than the things we didn't do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we all have endless lists, right? Yeah. Uh, I actually, I, I don't like lists. Um, uh, back when I was, I, I was definitely a list person um, when I was a teenager and going through school my first year of college. And then I left uh, for a, a couple years. I went and actually um, served a mission for my church. And so I was off doing volunteer work in South Korea for a couple years and kind of immersed in this new lifestyle, this new context and uh, learning the Korean language and just like all of a sudden my to-do list kind of evaporated and I, and I learned about myself that uh, I'm kind of one of these semi OCD type people anyways. Like I don't need a list to get me more uptight about like doing more stuff. Uh, and so I just, at that point I got rid of lists uh, and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to try to focus on responding to what's needed in the moment. Um, and and that served me quite well throughout my life. And I understand, you know, that's that's me. Other people function very well with lists and that's just fine. But the point is that that we all 
have so many things. Like if I kept lists, they would be endless. I would, you know, I would have this never ending thing that would hang over my head and I would just feel so, so much anxiety over that. Um, and so that's why I've chosen not to do this. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to, to learn about, you know, what kind of insights you have uh, for people that are kind of weird like me. And, and then also uh, people that are probably kind of the more typical uh, list functioning individuals. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, there's a few things I want to touch on about what you said. So, you know, I think one, a really good point you bring up is that everybody is different, right? We all, this is why it doesn't work to just go read getting things done or read, you know, some book and say like, okay, I'm just going to apply this to my life and everything is going to be better because we all have different ways that our organs function, different, you know, anxiety levels. We've all, you've got different chronotypes. All of these things affect, you know, what works for us and what doesn't. And so, you know, what I think is also really interesting about you've said, what you said is that the list gives you anxiety, right? The list gives me less anxiety, right? And so I actually, you know, I'm saying all the time, a, a list is not a system. And I actually believe in systems, not lists, because I think, you know, anyone can make a list. It's, do, do we do the things on the list? And how do we prioritize that? And if you're looking at a list of a thousand things, how do you ever possibly decide what to do first, right? And so when I work with people, I work on how do we create an external system for our tasks and our projects and all of these things, specifically so that we don't have to use our memories to remember them. Because I think for actually a lot of people, it gives them a lot of anxiety knowing that there's a huge list of things in their heads <laughs> that isn't somewhere that they can actually look at it linearly and prioritize and you know move things off of it. Decide not to do things, and so I think that's really interesting that you brought up because you know what gives some people anxiety actually reduces anxiety in other people, right? But I also believe that that we shouldn't have multiple lists, right? Like I think we get into trouble when we're like, I've got my list on my task app, and I've got some post-it notes on my desk with lists on them, and I've got a grocery list over here, and I've got all these things. And now we just have way too many things to look at. And it's kind of the same as not having a system at all. Yeah, and, and ultimately, if people are feeling overwhelmed, regardless of what their system is, regardless of what their approach is, if people are feeling overwhelmed, then things just don't happen. Uh, people tend to shut down at that point. And that's, that's the antithesis of what we're talking about. Like, we want to better manage our time. We want to be more productive, um, right. not, not shut down because of anxiety and then not be able to do the simple things that need to uh, need to get done. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I really love that. Um, so so you know we talked a lot. I we could talk more about lists, but you know I just kind of brought that up as my own like kind of weird quirky thing. Yeah. Um, but what are some common issues that you see around productivity and time management? And like when when you meet with executives or you meet with uh, or you coach individuals, like what are some of those those um, tactics of those approaches that uh, tend to, to work for people. Yeah, so I mean, I think some of the issues that I see are often around just not not even being aware of what's on your plate, right? It's like things are falling through the cracks because you have too much going on. You know, I think there's a certain level at which we can use our brains to keep track of all of the stuff that we've got going on. Or in your case, you said you respond to things as they come in and that that works really well for you. For a lot of executives, they've got not only their entire to-do list, also their family stuff going on. Also, they've got all the stuff they've delegated out to other people, right, that they need to kind of keep track of. And so there's a lot of anxiety that I see in people with just, I've, I've, I've kind of pushed a lot of things out, but I don't have a way to keep track of all of it. 
right? And so this kind of comes back to the system. I also see people kind of dealing with email and all the, the you know, Slack and email messages and these things are just incredibly overwhelming, right? Um, it comes in at such a pace that they can't just react to it because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people I work with are getting 300, 400 emails a day and they're not able to just say, okay, well, I just go through them, right? And so when, what, what I work on a lot with people is how do we be more proactive about planning out our schedules, planning out our days? How do we, how do we in fact be kind of the opposite of what you've said is be less reactive to what is coming in so that we can make more time for the, the actual hard work that we need to do and be less um, reactive to kind of shiny objects that come in. Because what I found for people who don't have, you know, for people who have a lot on their plates, if they're just reacting as things come in, then they're sometimes making the wrong decisions, right? That thing that comes in, it feels very urgent, it feels very important, but if they were to compare it to what else they've got to accomplish that day, it actually isn't more important than those things. Yeah, I, I absolutely. And I think it's about prioritizing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and understanding that some things uh, simply aren't uh, urgent. Uh, some things just don't matter. Um, and leaders, executives in particular, you know, they're, they're dealing with big picture strategic issues. Um, and if they get bogged down into lists and, in, and into the constant onslaught of everything that comes their way, uh, then they, they don't have the, men, the mental bandwidth to deal with the big picture stuff, the, the, the strategic stuff. And I see that all the time. I see um, leaders that really aren't leading. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're simply um, going to meetings. They're turning through um, to-do lists. And they, they are getting some stuff done, but they're not, they're not actually providing a strategy, a vision, um, and they're not actually creating a context where people feel motivated to, to fulfill that, that mission. Yeah, I mean, I think you're totally right. I think the, the number one thing that I see when I'm working with executives is that they say, I don't have any time for deep work. I don't have any time for strategic thought. And, you know, one quick little fix that we have is literally do that stuff first. <laughs> do that stuff before you look at your email, before you look at, you know, all of the other things that are incoming. Because what happens is I think most people have a tendency to want to check off like the easy stuff first, right? You're like, oh, the email. Great. That's a dopamine hit every single time I get one of those emails out and I can churn through a thousand of them, right? But it's not really getting you anywhere. Versus if you can say, even just take the first hour of your day and focus on whatever the most important strategic plan is or the most important, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's just that you have to get, you know, you're a startup founder and you have to get your proposal out to that, you know, new client that you're hoping will create revenue for you or whatever that is. But being able to say, I do that work first, then I respond to the other things that are coming my way. Um, because otherwise what happens is you just start, you know, I call it letting the day happen to you, where you start with response and then somehow you get to 6, 7 p.m. You can't point to anything you've done, although you've been working all day long. Yeah, and I think that happens all the time mm -hmm. uh, to individuals. Yeah. And, and they, that's, the, that's the quickest way to get burned out um, because, because Again, you, you have it in the back of your mind, you know, there are like these pressing strategic issues that need to be addressed and you know, you're not getting to it day in and day out. Mm -hmm. One day goes by, a week goes by, two weeks go by, and you still haven't put the mental energy behind these issues because you're just trying to, 
to roll through things. So I think prioritization is a huge, huge factor in this, whatever your system is or how you deal with, with those, um, you know, how you get pinged with, you know, uh, needs. Um, one of the things I see so often and I hear leaders talk about often is that all they ever do all day, every day is putting up fires. Yeah. Um, and that, I get it. I get it because I understand they're getting pinged constantly and you have to respond to urgent tasks. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also feel like uh, when leaders get into that mode where they're only putting out fires all the time, what that means is um, that's never going to change for them. That That's going to end up being their, their um, style and their, their approach uh, for forever unless something disrupts it. And what they need to do is uh, they need to find a way, uh, and, it, and this may take a little bit of extra concerted effort, uh, you know, up front, but to get ahead of the game a little bit, so you're not working in crisis mode all the time, mm -hmm. um, so that you have the bandwidth and the capacity to deal with crises that do arise, so that you can put out fires when they emerge, but so that you're not um, overwhelmed by by the fires that need to be put out. Um, you know, and so people who, who have a tendency to procrastinate uh, or they struggle with really um, prioritizing their to-do lists or uh, whatever their system is for managing their time, uh, they end up just working in crisis mode. They end up working in putting out fires rather than um, laying the groundwork for a sustainable, healthy organization where people feel empowered, they feel like they have autonomy, they, they've been delegated to, they, they can make their own decisions so that you're not, I mean, leaders don't necessarily need to get pinged 500 times a day by their team, right? And so if they are, that says something about how they're working with their team um, that needs to be disrupted and, um, and addressed so that, yeah, you, 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 you are connected with your team. You're going to have regular communication with your team. There will be urgent things that you have to respond to. There's a, you have good people around you, like trust them, like work yeah. with them, empower them, let them do their jobs because you don't have the bandwidth to do their jobs for them. Right, right. I, yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. It's making me think of, you know, a time I was, I was doing a, a leadership and man, you know, time management and management workshop for a large tech giant who will not be named. And I was, uh, I was recommending that people turn off their email notifications, right? Just turn them off. You don't need them. You know, people are not in an emergency. Nobody's going to rely on email. Nobody's going to be like, Alexis, the building was on fire, but we didn't come get you because you didn't answer your email, right? Like nobody's doing that. And I got a question from one of the execs that said, well, I've heard that, um, that the marker of a good manager is how quickly they respond to their email. And I was like, absolutely not, right? If you are a manager and you're just, your goal is how quickly do I respond to emails? Like emails are other people's priorities, right? And so of course you want to be you know, you want to be able to respond to your team, but you don't need to do it in 30 seconds, right? That's just going to disrupt you all day long. Um, it also makes me think of, you know, I've worked with a few entrepreneurs who have later, you know, turned a different, into a different career, so become VCs and things like that. And they often have a lot of trouble switching out of that actually comfortable crisis mode position of, you know, I just fight fires all day long because it was so, they didn't have to do any prioritization, right? It was very obvious what to do. It's like, here's a fire, I put out the fire, and then they move into a more long-term role like investing and things like this, where it's not a, I fight this fire and it's obvious what happened tomorrow. It's, oh, I need to make longer-term plays, longer-term decisions, and now I don't know how to spend my time anymore. 
So I think you brought up a really good point there. Um, so yes, you, you bring up some great, great points. So how has this changed? How has time management and productivity changed now that we're in a pandemic environment? So many remote workers. Um, we don't have, you, you, know, you know, if I'm a manager that likes the style of just circulating around the office space and, and observing um, those around me and seeing, you know, who, who has a, uh, a look on their face like they don't understand, they need some help, you know. If that's my style, man, this is gonna be kind of a hard situation um, for them. Uh, some some uh, employees are perfectly well-suited to work remotely and will be just fine uh, doing that. And they're self-motivated, they're self-driven, um, they're organized, they can do that. Others may struggle with how to, to balance work, life, family, school, you know, all those different things. So, so what would your advice be to executives today about dealing with remote uh, teams in a COVID environment? Yeah, so I think there are two sides of it. Um, well, I've been working with a lot of executives and a lot of teams on this problem, obviously, because this is, you know, everybody's top of mind for the last four months or so. Uh, and I would say that it comes from two angles, right? So one is from the management style. If you're used to management by walking around, you're right. This is going to be harder to do that. Um, what we want to really avoid is the, that urge to micromanage, because what we know is that you know people leave managers who micromanage them, right? And so I think that it's a really normal urge, right? You're like, oh, I have no control anymore. I don't see anything. You know, I don't. You know, I don't have that. And we want to now say, okay, I want an update from you. I want an update from you. I want an update from you. I think we actually need to pull back and just start with trust, right? Say that, okay, our employees, we hired them for a reason. They're good at their jobs. We're gonna start with trust and we're gonna to manage to goals and expectations. We're gonna make goals and expectations incredibly clear and we're gonna to manage to that and we're not gonna manage so much to you know, FaceTime and things like that. I think the other side of it is that you have to really over-communicate in these times, right? There's, I'm sure you're familiar with you know, Dr. Morabian's law of communication, right? Which says that we get 7% of our understanding from the words, 38% from the tone and the voice, and 55% from, from our body language, right? And so using video wherever possible, never giving feedback over, you know, an asynchronous method of communication. So like feedback should always be given over video, never over Slack. Uh, because it's very easy to misunderstand, right? And you, you're laughing, but this is something that is really rampant out there. Um, and also just asking your employees, like, what do they need, right? When you're having your one-on-ones and make sure that you're not canceling your one-on-ones is now that's probably the only time that your employees are getting with you one-on-one -on -one per week, right? You're not just randomly seeing them in the hallway. You wanna say like, what do you need? What would make your work life easier? Is there anything that you don't have at home that you did have at the office that we could provide for you? You know, sometimes that's an extra monitor that actually really improved their, their you know, and that's 200 bucks that you could spend that would greatly improve their productivity and their stress levels, right? Maybe it's that like their Wi-Fi sucks, right? And they need just that to be upgraded. And these are all sorts of things that employees don't really want to ask for. Like they feel like there's a lot going on. But if you as a leader can really tune in to your team and say, what do you need? Sometimes it's flexible schedules. Sometimes it's like, you know what? They're home with toddlers and they need to be working in shifts with their partner. They, you know, one person needs to be working from 6 a.m. to 2 and the other person the other shift and we need to do that. So it could be so many different things depending on what people's life circumstances are, but really bringing that out of the open, asking the questions and making sure their employees feel comfortable to ask for what they need, I think is. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that's great advice. Uh, and 
what well you said several things there that I think are really important to to uh, key in on um, and, and one is simply just recognizing uh, that everyone will have a different need in terms of um, what their current situation is mm -hmm. um, you know some people are at home alone and so they, they don't have distraction per se but they have social isolation yeah. um, that is really going to impact their mental health potentially um, other people, you know, have a, a house full, uh, you know, that they're trying to just juggle all this yeah. stuff and then everything in between. You have people that are sick. Um, you have, we're in the middle of right now uh, of just a, a very tumultuous socio-political environment, um, you know, so you have all of that layered on top of all this. And so, yeah, if we have remote teams and remote individuals as a leader, um, over communication, like you said, you know, I, I don't think you can over communicate. I, I think, I think, you know, if you're, if you're sending like a, a million um, two sentence emails to people, that's probably over communicating, but that's not what we mean. Right. <laughs> and we're not um, talking about, uh, we're not talking about like quantity. We're talking about quality. right? Yeah. And, 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 and regularity. Mm -hmm. um, so that, so that people know, you, you mentioned expectations, just managing those expectations and helping people know, what's expected of them and how they're going to be evaluated and then, and then let people do their work. It doesn't really matter. Um, especially in a virtual environment, you're not in the office together. Like people need to, if you have synchronous meetings, sure, show up to the meeting. But other than that, who cares if they need to get up at four in the morning to do some work or work at 9 PM after the kids go to bed, who cares uh, when, when they're doing it. And, and, and I think this uh, moment is, perhaps forcing people to, to wrestle with that, you know, the kind of the workplace norms that we've just kind of commonly accepted um, and, and trying to, you know, take a second look. Does, it, does, it, does that really matter um, as we move forward? Yeah, and I think, you, you know, you brought up a good point about, you know, does, does these things really matter? And I think, you know, what's been so interesting to me as I've, you know, been coaching leaders and things on this is that the advice that I'm giving for the most part is not, like qualitatively different than the advice I would be giving about good management otherwise. It's just that it matters so much more now, right? It's like you don't have that social glue of being in the office. You don't have the other things to kind of grease the wheels. And so you have to be more intentional and you have to make sure you're even more clear. Yeah, um, well, good. It, is, it has been a, a lot of fun talking with you today. We're about out of time, but I do wanna make sure that you have uh, the chance to share with the audience you know, how can they connect, get connected with you, learn more about what you're doing, and reach out to you if, if they need some assistance? Perfect. Yeah. Um, thank you. So my website is probably the number one place to learn more about what I do and, and know how I work with people. So it's alexishasselberger.com. Hopefully you'll put that in the show notes because no one can spell my last name. Um, also, you can reach me at Instagram at do.more.stress.less or on Facebook at Do More Stress Less. But really email me if you need anything. If you have a follow-up question, it's alexis at alexishasselberger.com. And also, uh, oh, sorry, one, one more thing. Yeah, go if, ahead, go ahead. You know, distractions are rampant, right, in our houses right now. And so if people are looking for some simple ways to reduce distractions, no matter where they are, home or office, you can just go to my website, um, alexishasselberger.com slash reduce dash distraction and get a free guide for how to do that just really quickly. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, I hope my listeners will reach out. Um, this is, this has been a, an excellent discussion. We've really honestly only had the chance to scratch the surface. Um, there's so much more 
that you can learn uh, from Alexis uh, by going to her website. Please reach out uh, and get connected with her. Uh, Alexis, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. And uh, I just want to wish everyone a, a great week and I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. Thanks so much. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.